Welcome back to the Beat the Often Path podcast. I'm your host, Ross Palmer. On Beat the Often Path, we showcase unusual stories because unusual times call for unusual stories. As Hunter Thompson said, when the going gets weird, the weird turn pro. And my guest today is very weird and very pro, and I mean that in the best possible way. He's somebody that I have so much respect for. He's done some incredible things commercially. He's written songs for major artists. He's a songwriter by trade, a producer by trade, and he's an artist in his own right. He's done songs for Kygo, and his streams on Spotify are insane. His name is Tinas Koninenberg, and he has a new act called Gold Kimono. But most of all, I admire him because of the way he's lived his life. He lives in a state of, from my opinion, full authenticity, and I think there's so much we can learn from his path, even though it is a very unusual path. So with that, joining me today is Tinas in the house. So I'm here with a good buddy of mine, Martijn Koninenberg, Rabbit Mountain, (laughs) 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 a.k.a. Tinas. (laughs) <laughs> Tina songs, legendary songwriter, very cool dude, and now he goes by the name of Gold Kimono under his new act. Guy I've known since back in Amsterdam days. Um, always been one of, if not the best songwriters that I personally have ever met. Um, so, how you been, Tina? What's the good word? Uh, the word is good, man. I'm, I'm, um, I'm, I'm chilling in France at the moment, which is, uh, is, is very nice little holiday. So that's very enjoyable. Yep. Um, so I'm, I'm speaking to you from a comfortable hotel seat, nice. um, <laughs> which is good. Yeah. Yeah. No, but everything's been great. Um, things have been, uh, been, yeah, pretty solid actually, and uh, new projects been going going well. So I'm I'm a happy man as I as I stand or sit actually. Nice. Well, um, I don't know if you know the idea behind this, but the whole point of this podcast is called the Beat the Often Path podcast. So it's about unusual stories, unusual ways that people have succeeded. Um, because obviously, it's no secret that right now the usual ways they don't really work anymore. There's a lot of people who are in a lot of trouble right now because they've taken a more traditional path and a lot of people who are out of work or they have major problems. So the world is clearly not traditional anymore. So I'm trying to talk to people who have unusual stories or who have carved their own little way out of life. And I think you definitely 100% qualify for that. I don't think any part of your life has been regular in any sense of the word from what I've seen anyways. Um, so maybe yeah. give us a little bit of background. Okay, what do you do? Who you are? How, you know how you got started? Just a quick intro to Tina's songs, the writer. Man, um, let me take a little pause for a second to th- see how I'm going to That's go okay. into this. Um, I guess. I guess. Uh, yeah. Let me just start by saying that I am a songwriter by profession have been for um i don't know 10 12 years now um and was always really into music and into playing music listening to music um never thought that this would become my profession um Mm. never had a dream of becoming a songwriter or anything like that it all kind of happened i don't want to say by chance but kind of as a as I went sort of thing, you know? Sure. So if you're talking about off the beaten path and I think I, I absolutely qualify because it's, um, um, it hasn't been the traditional route for me for sure. Um, but it has been a very joyful one and, sure. um, one that was, um, full of, uh, I don't know, twists and turns and, uh, sure. interesting moments, uh, a lot of work obviously. And, um, but yeah, but but a joyful one. So um, I don't know if that's sort of the sh- sure. So how so how did you get started with it? So I mean, at what age did you start writing songs? What were you doing? How did that well, begin? I started writing songs quite quite late, I think, um, because some so, some people I hear like I wrote my first song when I was five. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, that wasn't me, but I I, okay. I did start my musical 
path when I was like, uh, I think six years old or something, when I started to take piano lessons, you know, like classical piano lessons. Mm -hmm. um, but my first song, I didn't, I didn't write my first song until I was, I was in my uh, like late teens. Um, uh, and I think my first real like full like songwritery song, um, I probably wrote when I was, uh, I don't know, maybe 19 or something, you know, and, and, uh, uh, that was very, obviously very early material, very, I mean, it wasn't any good. <laughs> yeah. I, I loved it, but it wasn't necessarily, uh, uh, when you, when you just start out to, to write songs and when you start out to do anything, I guess you're, you're, um, you're a beginner and that's great. That's, that's, uh, that's fine. You should be. And, uh, th that's also a really nice stage, uh, to be at, but I, it, it didn't, Start to get a bit more serious for me when I um, when I did uh, an audition for for music school, so for a conservatory, uh, um, and they had a, a department that was uh, geared towards pop music and contemporary music, and that's where where I wanted to get into. And they had a they uh, I uh, I did audition as a pianist and but also as a songwriter because there was also a songwriting module that you could follow, okay. and I realized pretty quickly that I didn't have any songs. So um, I thought I'd just write the songs for my audition. Um, sure. And my first songwriting experiences were like in hip hop music. So with uh, with one of my best friends and uh, I had written like choruses and rap verses like since I was a teenager, but I'd never really written a, whole, a real song song. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so um, I decided to do that for the audition because I obviously needed to audition as a songwriter. So I, I, I wrote these songs and then off I went to do the audition with those uh, those little songs that I put together and um, and eventually ended up getting into the school. Um, also, I could also as a songwriter, but I I, I ended up cho choosing a piano. So I studied as piano, but they wow. they did uh, approve. So. Um, and when I went to that school um, is really where my songwriting, my true songwriting, I'd, I'd say really began and got crafted there, mm. you know? Sure. Um, it wasn't until, um, until I was like in my early twenties that I, uh, that I really started to, uh, to do that and really started to, to really put in a lot of uh, time and effort uh, and uh, also joy in, into that craft of songwriting. You know, sure. and um, so, it's something that I, um, yeah, like I said, that I never really uh, knew that I would do, but I just um, loved music. So I just sort of rolled into it. Is that the way you say it? Yeah, I guess. Sure. Um, so how did you, um, so what was the feedback like to your early work? Was it immediately like this kid's got something or was it a long road where people, were they like, wow, or eh? No, not really. I mean, it, the, the most feedback I got was from like friends, you know what I mean? Like I would play them a song on the piano or something and they would be like, oh, this is cool. Or, uh, so, I, But there wasn't really a system where I could measure myself. I didn't really really have a lot of like people that were already in the game or were already doing it that I could like bounce ideas off of. It was just like me and my friends who were like a couple of my friends who were making music, but that's it, you know? And like when I went to school, um, you know, when I got in there, there were other songwriters and stuff, and then you know, you play each other like songs and stuff. But even even then, I I didn't really have a grasp at like if I was any good or if this would be something that uh, you know I uh, I could really do or something. I I, I really I, I didn't know that yet. Um, and the teachers they were really um, they were really cool, you know. Like they, they had yeah. some good advice, and they, they they listened to to the stuff, and they try to give you uh, some guidance. But also, yeah, they didn't lay it on there like too thick by by saying, "Oh, you suck" or "You're great" or whatever. So I, <laughs> right, I, I, somewhere I, in the middle. I, I, yeah, I, I just you're okay. The only thing for me, um, what I always what I always followed was. Um, was that I loved to do it, you know, yeah. and that I and that I, I just genuinely fucking loved writing songs, so I just did it every day. And at the end of the first year uh, um, of that of school, they um, at, they 
want you to learn how to collaborate. So they just put you in a in a in a group, you know, and you form a little band with your classmates, yeah. and then you have to have to do certain tasks and and write songs and perform them. And there's a performing night, and then you get you know they, they uh, you get judged uh, based on th- that performance. So um, you know, me and my friends that I made at that school, we got together and formed this little band. It was a school project and, and I started to write my first songs for that band. And that's where I really be, like sharpened my pencil um, mm. because I would, uh, I would go in uh, on the daily uh, early in school and write those songs and then go into the rehearsal space and present those songs that I had just written or the song that I had just written to, to the band and be like, all right, and then try to find, an arrangement with them and uh, like a musical arrangement and uh, uh, and how to play the song. So that was how I, um, how I, how I, it was quite nice because I, I came from the rehearsal space by myself into a, the re- rehearsal space with the band. So it was a very, very uh, real time sort of one-on-one sort of thing where you, you, you put the song in front of them. I played for them. And then the first thing is their response. Do they like it? Sure. And then the second thing was like, how do we turn this song into something presentable now with the five of us? So it's a very a process that that you learn a lot from, you know. Mm. And um, within that process, there were the teachers that would come in and they would listen to it. And then I started to, as I started to do that, um, I started to find out like, hey, this has got a groove to it. You know what I mean? Like this is, mm. uh, is it it quickly shaped into something. And the teachers had that had that idea as well. They um, they thought at one point that like, hey man, this is quite like, this is going somewhere, you know. Right. Um. So. Um, and speak speaking of that somewhere, so some for the listeners who don't know, obviously later in life, now you've written a number of hits, ones that many people would actually know, like Firestone mm-hmm. for Kygo. You've worked mm-hmm. with major artists. At what point mm-hmm. did you start getting attention from the major record labels, or how did you bust in from? This is kind of a hobby I'm developing myself. When did you start getting in with those A&Rs or um, um, breaking through, yeah, if you will? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was definitely the next stage because uh, the school I just told you about, uh, I, you know, I had the luck that the songs I was writing for that band project I was talking to you about, they uh, eventually um, ventured out out of the school system into the yeah. real world. And it it got really popular in Holland, so that's how yeah. I got in touch with, with the first record label that signed that band at that time, and uh, it became very popular in our country. So we started to tour here, and then you start to sort of enter the music business. And this is my uh, beginning of my second year in in school. So and was that's that how band I, the uh, was that the color ones? Was that the band, or was it a different band? No, this was this was called Leaf, and it oh, had okay, a. So. a uh, a, f- a female singer and um that was the 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 first band that really like uh, yeah that kind of blew up in 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 um in in holland uh so then you get sort of catapulted into the music scene and sure. um and that's how i how i got my first um yeah you how you sort of build your network and you meet people and etc etc and uh and based off of that success people started to ask me like, like uh, I remember somebody calling me and be like, "Hey, I'm a manager and I just signed this girl, and would you like to write a song for her?" And you know, I'd never done that. I'd never written a song with anybody else for anybody else, you know, except the, my own band that I had at, at the right. time. So I I thought, "Oh shit, that's a thing." Oh, okay, you know, like I was like, "Sure, let's try it." And yeah. um, so this girl came to me and we, she was great, great fun, and and. And then, uh, you know, I created songs for her and, and they got really to be really popular. Yeah. Uh, this is how we met um, um, Ross and um, for the people listening who don't know that, but that's how you and I met through that project. Yeah. So it started to, it just started to snowball like that, you know, and then when we did that, then more people called and were like, hey, you know, can you produce this? Or can, you, can you write this? And so it just kind of, snowballed from there um in in the in the tiny so, country of holland when we met that was one of the first projects i didn't realize that i assumed that you had a, a many more before that but working with no, crystal was that the, was one of the yeah. first interesting so that was a in some ways maybe a pivotal moment in your career no absolutely it, it really was because to me wow. it was the 
it literally was the first project that I that I took wow. on from a record label with a real yeah. budget and like everything like it and we were yeah thrown in the deep if you will me me right. me and my my partner in crime Skidgy you know we uh, so it was a really good dude great guy yeah Skidgy no totally, yeah absolutely. very, very yeah, talented yeah. mix engineer very talented fellow no doubt about it yes yes absolutely and and uh, so that that project was the uh, the first project we we took on wow. um, outside a little, of little my bit own of, little background there so i was on the couch i was in those sessions i was the english yeah. guy since everybody was dutch i was teaching <laughs> english at the time so i was kind of you know helping make sure that the pronunciation was good for all of the takes okay. so you know th these guys were doing the musicality of the takes was the feeling there but i was the one making sure that things were pronounced the correct way so i was sitting in the on the back in the couch for those whole sessions and i think I can't remember if I, I know you said it, but I was possibly even credited on the liner notes as being the guy on the couch, or you know, like, I don't know. That was something 100%. like that. We, <laughs> yeah, we 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 put you in there. Yeah, like, yeah. thanks for the guy on the couch or something like that. But it was it was yeah. a lot of fun, and I got a chance to see your brilliance uh, firsthand. Yeah. I mean, that that was when I knew for sure that this guy was a genius. I mean, that, you know, I have the utmost respect for you. I I, I knew in, without a doubt. This guy has whatever that it factor is, that Max Martin thing. I don't know what you would call it, but you have that thing. You've always had it. And um, I think what was most interesting to me was the way that you approach things is very different, I think, from a lot of other people. And I think that's what people could learn from you. You've always had a very kind of, I, from my point of view, an intuitive kind of approach. You're yeah. way more about feeling things, about vibes, you're, you hardly ever analyze things from what I can tell or, or overthink. It's just, does it feel right? And if it does feel right, I think you tend to do more of it. And if it doesn't feel right, I think you almost have like a block, like I, I got to stop this. And that's, that seems to me to be your guiding light. Would you, would you say that's accurate? Yeah, it's very accurate. I, I, this is totally how I, uh, how I'm used to how I'm used to, to, to work. And, uh, I, I never really thought about it, but it, that's exactly what I do. I, it's always been, uh, it's been like that for me. I never prepared sessions or I never walked in with a certain idea. I just always showed up and, and seized the moment, you know, and, and, uh, uh, always put my energies and my eyes and my ears open to what's, what's in front of me at the moment and, um, and see what happens from there. And, uh, it always served me well, you know, because uh, for me, that always really worked because it's, uh, I think yeah. music and people and energies are, they are constantly changing, you know? Yeah. And uh, so for me, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to go in there like, oh, I'm going to do this and this and that. I'm just going to like go in there, yeah. my mind open and experience. And I think vibe, vibration and energy is, is, is all that I ever go off of and my, my uh, sort of natural intuition and instincts there um, are always my compass and guiding, uh, my, yeah, my guiding lines for, for, for whatever I'm doing in the studio. Uh, sure. And, and, still things, day, sure. And, and when things don't work out, you're not afraid to take a week off, go to the beach every day and just say, Hey, something's, it's just, the energy is not right. I need to step away from this, take an extended break, do something else and then come back when it feels right. That's also your approach a bit, I think, right? Yeah, you know, absolutely. And uh, I mean, especially in Holland, man, when, the, when, when there's an opportunity to go to the beach, <laughs> you got to take it. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of times uh, yeah. when I would work with artists and the weather would be great, I would literally call them or give them a WhatsApp and say, look, we, we have two options. Either, either like we start early and we go to the beach, or we yeah. just go to the beach, you <laughs> know? Beach. And uh, I think I think that, that that part of it is yeah. is important as well. And I think uh, uh, taking breaks, but also in general, I think uh, if things don't really work or you're not quite catching it, um, I, I, I'm always and I always have been in the mindset of uh, of of that solution-based thinking. Uh, mm -hmm. Whether that means that I have to step away or it means that I have to, I don't know, dive in deeper. Whatever it is, I'm I'm yeah. I'm. I'm 100% dedicated to, to the to the craft and the creation at hand, you know. Uh, and I think Definitely. that's a that's a pivotal thing uh, in our creation process is that um, that you don't settle at any point, um, right. and and you keep you keep looking and you keep finding. And even if that means you got to scratch the whole fucking thing and start over again or change the whole rhythm section, yeah. 
And you know how it is with music. A lot of times when you change one thing, then you change a whole bunch of other shit. So you have to, you know, you, right. Um, but yeah, to me, it's it's all about that that end result, man. That you're happy and you and you get that feeling that you want because that's eventually the translation uh, for somebody and somebody else who presses play on the record that you're working on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So how how does a very intuitive person? I mean, obviously, to make a living from it, there's obviously a business side of things. You wouldn't be able to do it for this long if there wasn't money involved in some way or another. So how did you make the transition? Was it difficult to go from a hobby to this is my main source of income? Are there things that you wish you knew or would have done differently or things that helped you on that path? Um, yeah, that's a good one. Man. I, I definitely had to just learn by, 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 by doing because at, at first I didn't make any money. I was always kind of broke <laughs> you know what I mean and uh, but when I started to make money for the first time that was that was with the that first band I told you about yeah. um, I was also surprised like oh shit you can make money off of this and pretty good money if you're if you if it goes well you know what I mean there's a yeah. commercial aspect uh, to music that's that's really uh, financially interesting not that I really ever gave a shit about it but it's it's yeah. definitely I always call it the byproduct of uh, of what I do, um, right. which means, um, but yeah, no, the, I had to learn that as well. Like, who collects that money? How do I? Yeah. How does how does that work? You know what I mean? And and how do you get paid? And and that whole thing, uh, I just had to learn it by 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 going through it. But that um, was definitely also a kind of an upside when I when I found out like, oh shit, you can actually make money, decent money with it. That, you can that, live, yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. If I can live off of it, that's all. That's all I ever wanted, you know. Right. Um, so, um, so there was a lot I did not know, and yeah. now there's a lot I I know about that. You you, you just learn a whole heap by uh, by experience, yeah. and I think that's the most important thing because in school they they gave us also all these lessons about publishing and about the master side and about all of that stuff, and you sit in class and you kind of like try to absorb it and, and try to grasp yeah. it. But man, it's nothing like, nothing like the real thing, man. When you get into that industry and you experience it firsthand, then you really start to pick up and learn and, and, um, yeah. and, and know what it's like to do the job and, 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 uh, you know, yeah. So, so what would you say are the main sources of income for, you know, for people who might want to be a songwriter or who want to produce or write songs for a living? What is the makeup? What are the ways that, you can earn money mainly in that career path. Yeah, well, it's it's. I think there, there's multiple ones. I, I can't speak on all of them because I'm I I haven't done all of them. But uh, mm -hmm. especially now with with Spotify and stuff, there's just uh, there's 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 more ways of doing it. And sure. and when I started, this was in 2010 ish, so it was also a bit more old school, I guess, in in in, in that time. But. Uh, to me, for me, definitely publishing was the thing. Like, mm. first of all, you get money if your song is exploited in any type of commercial way, you know. Mm -hmm. And if your if your song or your record or whatever you you have worked on is doing well on, let's say, radio, um, that money will come to you. That's that's uh, that's just as simple as that, you know. If you have your uh, name uh, registered to a to a uh, copyright on a, on a good song, then you're gonna make that money. Yeah. Uh, I learned that in Holland and in Europe, uh, also when you play on a record, you can make money. So if I sing backing vocals on a track that does really well, you can might make quite good money for, uh, as well. You know, but you have to be registered to a different organization that mm -hmm. you know will um, get that money for you. Um, obviously, if you're in the if you run a studio, you could you know sometimes you get paid for studio sessions. Uh, as a writer, this is a very very um, rare thing, by the way, because songwriters rarely get paid unless you're, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe do, do really big ones, you know what I mean? But You mean paid for um, your time. You know, yeah, exactly. But so, normally whereas like a session guitarist, they can get paid for the session, but a songwriter really only gets paid if the song gets placed. Exactly, yeah, right. exactly. It's not normal for songwriters to get like any, uh, right. any session fees or anything. Um, yeah. Um, like I said, unless there's obviously, obviously ex exceptions, but uh, um, but yeah, now with Spotify, I think made it also um, a bit more um, approachable and, and a bit more accessible. 
to start your own project and just release it on Spotify. You know, like a, yeah. one of my one of my dear friends who is uh, an amazing beat creator and producer and writer from from Germany is doing that right now. And I'm just blown away by what he's doing. You know what I mean? He wow. he, he just uh, thought about a project that he wanted to do and that connected to him. And he he just set it up and did it himself. And he's got like his numbers are incredible. And he's 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 uh, literally uh, got his own little um, company and, 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 and making money and making music. You know, it's fantastic. Wow. Um, but yeah, I was always in service of other people as a songwriter. So that's a right. different different kind of situation. Yeah. And then you're reliant on what their record does. You're also reliant to some extent on how they promote it or whether they promote totally. it or whether they cut it, especially when it's a big name artist. You can get pretty yeah. far in the process and then you still don't really know are they gonna you use my know. song or not, right? And until it's no, until it's no. out you kinda don't know, right? You never know. That's the whole thing. Uh, you can even sign the paperwork, and you still don't know. It's it's uh, it's something that I've learned to de to to not be attached to, you know, yeah. because you can get really disappointed a lot of times if you expect sure. something. Uh, because in the music industry, a lot of things that they'll tell you they're just not happening, you know. Yeah. And um, and it's all good. It's just like you have to just uh, I think keep a healthy state of mind about it and. Uh, and uh, yeah, not to get too attached to 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 those things because they'll drive you fucking nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. A lot of weird characters yeah. in the music business too, as well, right? One hundred percent. Yeah, of, yeah. I don't want <laughs> borderline unethical people in the music business. Shady <laughs> characters in yeah, the business. Absolutely. I mean, you get this across the board. Characters. Yeah. Think, but absolutely, great uh, people as well. Some creative people. Yeah, but you, you know, it's up to us to to. To, to 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 also recognize that you know what I mean, and uh, and to, to 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 pick and choose the people you want to work with and and the people that you uh, that, that you relate to, and that's how you how you make your business worthwhile and, and you keep your business mm -hmm. uh, fruitful and joyful is by by um, by your, by doing your business through your own filters, you know, and and uh, somebody's a real asshole. Then, to me, it never really mattered if this person was successful. I just, I just go around it, man. It's, it's that's not, that's not worth it for me. You know what I mean? Like, it's, and that, uh, that comes back to your feeling. That's the intuition as well. With other people, you're like, yeah. this isn't worth it. That's going to be trouble. So fuck that guy. <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah, totally. Right? I've, I've, I've always chosen uh, uh, just the, the, the that connection and. And. Um, uh, say that so again it, me, it cut out say that you've always chosen i've i've all i've always chosen that connection and that and that and that uh, that energy like somebody might be like doing amazing numbers but if i don't enjoy working with this person i will i i just don't <laughs> yeah you know what i mean right. and uh that way i always kept my 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 days in the studio are really, um, really fruitful and, and happy because I'm always working with people that I like and that I enjoy and that I, you know, really uh, can make a connection with. And uh, instead of like having to sit through fucking sessions and uh, that was never my, uh, yeah, that was never my idea of, uh, of, of this music thing. You know, if I want to, if I wanted to have a shit time at my job, I, I just work for a bank or some shit. Right. <laughs> <You know>? like, <laughs> yep. So, um, so I guess along those lines, so, I mean, I another thing that I've noticed about you from a distance is I think, you know, we've discussed this over the years, but when you're working for other people, there's obviously a degree of control that you do not have, right? When you're positioning a song for a Kaiga or whoever else or a DJ, like, you just simply don't know, but there's always been the part of you who did do the bands, who sings and who performs on stage, and I think that there's always been a piece of you that has always wanted that outlet as well to say, this is this is what I can do. This is who I am without any filter, without necessarily an A&R telling you what to do or some kind of brand manager telling you what to do. And from that, you've had many bands, but you've also now started a new project called Gold Kimono. So what yeah. happened there? And that's just you, right? Yeah, 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 correct. Yeah, no, what happened there was that exactly what you just said. I've, I've, I've been in service uh, to other artists and people for a long time. And, and um, 
you know, throughout the years, I've always been like searching for a way to do something myself, but it really never really stuck or something. Yeah. Um, it had to do with my own personal growth as an artist and as what I was making at the time that, that, um, that just didn't really connect to, to, to myself, I guess, at that time. And um, I was kind of always like sort of aware that I wanted to do it, but it just never really happened. I, I never really got to, to write the material that I was like, oh, fuck, that's, that's it. And um, until, until the Gokomono thing happened and I started to write, um, yeah, it was, it was in Los Angeles uh, two years ago that I, that I did a session uh, where I wrote the first song that I was like, shit, this is really aligning, you know what I mean? And yeah. um, and then I wrote another one, um, which eventually became the first single that I just released last April. And and then to me it became clear, like, okay, I, this is, yeah, you know, my 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 artistic self and my personal self right. were just like right there. They were just right and, there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And when you have that. That's that's when you can really go because then you have the vehicle. Yeah. If you have the vehicle, you can cruise. And I think this is right. the most most um, re relevant and important thing that I see with other artists or, or seen with other artists a lot of the times that they don't align yet. And if you don't align yet, it's really hard to position yourself or to find that direction because if you don't have the vehicle, you, you're not going anywhere. You know what yeah. I mean? Right. And, and for me, that really... Um, yeah, it came together. So then, then there was a project all of a sudden because when I when I had it, I was just felt like I was going to the batting cage. I was just like, all right, another one, <laughs> right. Both, another one, both, yeah. you know. And um, so I wrote a lot of songs for, for in in a pretty short amount of time. Uh, worked with my friends, just a small yeah. small group of my friends that got involved and and liked it too, and and were uh, yeah were attracted to it, and we're like, fuck yeah, that's awesome, let's yeah. do it, you know, and. Um, that's that's how that sort of got put together and, and uh, early early signs are good right the first single has at least a million plays i think on spotify maybe much more by now i haven't checked in a while but it's yeah, been received it's, it's, very it's, well, well right yeah no absolutely it's, it's uh it's gone over four million now actually okay. uh wow congratulations it's, so it's really it's really growing and it's been uh, it's been doing a great thing in in uh yeah in holland on the radio it's it's widely received and uh so for 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 unknown first act so to say uh it's uh it's uh it's it's going really well and those are really for me that's so nice because it's um it's nice to celebrate those uh those those smaller victories if you know what i mean you know because it's Absolutely. uh when you that's also the danger when you're working with bigger artists and you're thinking four million and you're looking at like <laughs> yeah that's nothing yeah exactly yeah, like horrible yeah exactly but it's really not you know it's it's really yeah. good to, to keep honoring the, the yeah. i don't know those 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 victories you know if you're because even if you're a smaller artist like myself right now it's 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 great man like every uh every person to me that listens to the song and and and, and has a positive response to it is, is a win so it's uh yep. it's cool well, you're probably only a step away from hundreds of millions of plays. <laughs> maybe just a year. I don't know. You have to put out a few <laughs> more songs, <laughs> like maybe 10 more songs, yeah. and then you'll be there, I think. So <laughs> it's just uh, it's a matter see. of time, I think. Um, uh, let's see. All right, so let's do a little bit of a, a speed round now. Some rapid-fire questions, all right, if you're ready yeah. for it. Um, I think yeah, we've covered many of the main things. So. First question, and you know, first thing that comes in your mind with these. So just let's just you know, let's just bang it out here. All right. So, do you have any kind of daily routine or any type of spiritual practice that you do daily? Um, spiritual practice, absolutely. Daily, sometimes. I, that's that's the thing with spiritual practice for me is that I I sort of go in and out of it. I'm okay. I'm always sort of open, but yep. uh, like anyone else. I guess we're all kind of struggling to keep the routine really going, especially for me sure. with traveling so much, obviously not now with COVID, but uh, yeah, man, I'm full on. Um, uh, norm normally I'm full on into that, like meditation and yoga and, um, mm -hmm. and but also sports, um, but spiritual, definitely meditation and yoga is a big one for me. Uh, that really help ground my ass. Yeah, <laughs> sure. 
Okay, uh, who, who do you ad, uh, who do you admire most in your field? Oh man, that's a that's a pretty impossible question to answer. But uh, man, who do I admire most? There's not one person that sticks out, but uh, it's just a lot of people that come to mind. You know, from artists that I listen to to people in my in my personal environment, uh, people that have worked with or have helped me. You know what I mean? It's like so sure. many many people that are um we need a name that are we need we need at least we, one need name. Name. we need a name and we need it now <laughs> okay I'll, I'll tell you i'll tell you who inspired me like uh, okay for me as an artist a lot um yeah. the last couple of years is anderson pack um anderson yeah you introduced from, me to anderson from, pack some years ago uh, in the beginning of his career and yeah what a talent yeah. oh my god he's been he's been really uh, to me, crazy, sustaining an amazing, uh, amazing vibration and, and yeah. an incredible virtuoso type, like musician, yeah. and songwriter, and and rapper, singer. Like he's yep. he embodies this whole thing that I everything I see and, and everything that he makes. I'm just like, ah, oh, dude, fuck yeah, you know? Yeah, yep. That's makes super that makes inspiring. Sense. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. Um, uh, do you feel that you're successful? Do you feel yourself to be successful or not? Um, it's a, that's a tough question, man, because like, I mean, to me, what is success, right? I mean, a lot of people ask me like, oh, you're doing so well, you're so successful, but they mean that in a commercial sense, you know? And to me, success is not having commercial success. To me, success is, uh, is more along the lines of like, what's your environment around you? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Am I feeling good or am I fucking depressed? You know, do right. I have nice friends around me? Do I have a roof above my head? Like, et cetera, et cetera. So it also to me, that question um, has more layers than just, sure. oh yeah. But, but I feel, I feel, I feel blessed, you know, yeah. that for sure. And I feel, I feel good. And, uh, and, and, and if you, if you think about it in those terms, I, I'm, I'm feeling uh, pretty, pretty successful. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Uh, do you read any kind of uh, books or for pleasure or business books or anything like that? Yeah, for sure. Business books, none. But um, um, the, the things that I like to read are mostly based in the spiritual realm. Okay. Um, and um, things that, yeah, just elevate my, my understanding and my, my mind and and um, my understanding of myself. So uh, I like to read books that are all about uh, self-exploration and development mm. in that sense. Uh, and then the spiritual side of it, you know, um, not not so much business things, but um, sure. mostly Just, mostly mm, that. Yeah. Getting your head right. Interesting. Okay, that makes sense. Um, yeah. Do you, do you believe that you can be successful at multiple things in your life? Or do you believe that you really have to pick one direction and focus in order to be successful. Right. I think that's very personal. I, um, I, I think you can be successful in multiple areas, if you will, but I think they all stem from, from the same, they all come from the same well, eventually, you know, so, yeah. so I kind of see it as one sort of thing. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like a tree. It has more branches, but it's the same tree. I believe in that. Uh, I don't believe really that great you can, metaphor. I like that. Yeah, I don't. I think I think that will be my answer. You know, I think that that's possible. I think it's not possible to be different trees. <laughs> if you understand what <laughs> right, I mean, you're always so the I same think, tree, man. That really yeah. hits home with me. That that resonates, my friend. I like that a lot. I I feel that deeply. That's a good one. Yeah, I think I think that's uh, that's how I see it, at least. That's a great great answer. Um, okay, ha have you? Where have you gone against conventional wisdom? in your career or have you conventional wisdom is probably is pro probably starts with don't be a musician because it's a great way to start the root of my whole career any musician's career is probably goes against <laughs> conventional wisdom <laughs> and then yeah. uh oh, i think i've done that a lot of times actually you know yeah. but that's just about it's just about being like believing in your own path and, and, and having a vision. And if you are a person with a vision, then I think uh, it mostly get, goes against convention uh, because a lot of people will tell you to do something a certain way. Uh, 
I was always about absolutely taking advice if it resonated, but for the most part, I just uh, did my own thing. So yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I I, I really do believe that about you. Um, it, goes is there... so, it, goes, it goes for so, sorry, it goes for songwriting mm -hmm. as well. I think that's also important to note because there's a lot of I think uh, misconceptions or or like things that they that people throw at you also in sessions that they think are like rules, but it's just it's really whatever works, you know? Right. So I think, I think the less conventions, the better. That's great. Is there yeah. something that you believe that almost no one else believes? Is there someone, can you say it one more time? Is there something that you believe that almost mm -hmm. no one else believes? Something you believe to be true or? Um, I don't, th I don't think so. I, um, I think uh, the the best belief you can have it starts with believing in yourself, and I think and I think that's a that's a lot of times what you have to do before other people believe you, you know, yeah. especially in this in this profession because you know, nobody's going to push you to do this. Nobody's going to push you to to write songs or to produce or to whatever. You know what I mean? It it really begins with that that thing like, hey, fuck, I I can do this. You know, I'm going to do this. Right. And and so I think if we're talking about belief, I think that will be the first thing that I think that I'll that. Uh, I think about is is do you believe in yourself, you know, and uh, before anybody else does. You know? That makes sense. Do you think that burnout is a risk for you or not at all? <laughs> One hundred percent. I think uh, burnout is an absolute absolute risk for me, and I've been there. Um, okay. You know, and um, so yeah, totally. So what, what, when uh, you feel that way, are there patterns or are there things that you've noticed that lead up to that? Or is, is it just random? Like some days I feel bad, some days I feel good. No, it's absolutely not random. It's it, especially you know, when you're aware of, of your own energies and what you're doing. I think a lot yeah. of people miss the boat on recognizing the signals. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, I think it's, it's once you start to figure that out, it's, uh, it's never random. It always, it always is. The body tells you exactly where you're at. You know, it's just I. You have to listen, and you have to, you have to, you have to see that you build that connection um, yeah. between here and here. That you that you actually realize it, and uh, yeah, and that's that's when you can break that circle. But I, the way I say it now is like it, it sounds easy, but it's absolutely not. And I've really struggled with that myself, oh, yeah. and I'm still I'm still on the learning curve because this okay. this it's. Um, so yeah, but yeah, burnout, it's a real thing. It's a real thing, okay. Yeah. And I think that's that's probably good for some people to hear because you know I think there's a misconception that if you're living your dream or doing what you love, that, that burnout is no longer an option or something, or no longer a possibility, but you're saying, yes, you can love what you're doing, you can be very much in the moment and happy with your career, but still, sometimes. Dude, what, what you love, it can literally kill you. And uh, and that's I don't even say that with a grain of salt. Like that's yeah. uh, that's eventually what it what it comes down to if you don't take care of yourself. At yeah. least that it's what I experienced firsthand. You know, so so to me, yeah. to me it's a, it's a, absolutely you can do what you love and just um, crash hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, are there uh, all right? So what 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 do you recommend in that moment? What can you do self care or what can you do to to help yourself, give yourself the space to get out of that? Or, I mean, is that just saying, I'm not going to work anymore, I'm taking a break from all projects, I'm just going to go out into nature? Or what would kind of rec recognizing those signs and fixing it look like? Well, it starts with a, with a true understanding of what is going on with yourself. It, you can go out in nature, but if you don't, if you don't, which is great, by the way, but if you don't, if you don't really go to the core understanding of what's going on with you and why this is happening to you, it'll come back, you know? Yeah. So first I think that's the most important thing that, that you have to go to the core of it and understand what your, what your behavior, what your patterns is and what you're doing to yourself. And if you find that out, fucking awesome. And then, yeah, by all means, definitely go into nature and, and use all those amazing things that are out there for you to, uh, to nurture yourself, you know, to get yeah. back to, to a good and healthy state. And I think that's that's really important, but it really begins with that understanding and awareness about yourself. And uh, I think that a lot of times we forget the self, you know, because we're, mm -hmm. we're always looking out to to the product. We're always looking to the song or 
we're looking to the to the building, you know, we're looking to a painting, or but the person behind it that makes all this shit, you know, we forget to look at that person and like, how does it yeah. work? How do I work? You know what I mean? Like, right. what's good for me? What's bad for me? What do I do? What do I say? How do I communicate? Like all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. You're the apparatus. You're the thing. You're the you're the beautiful mind or the beautiful soul creating yeah. it. So it only makes sense that we think about what's going on here, you know. But oftentimes we don't because we get caught up in like you know how it goes. Like it's, yeah, for sure. So I think one of the most unusual things about being in the business of being creative is there's always to me like this tension between, you know, record labels, they are a business. They just want to make money. There's the people who just want money, money, money. They only care about hits. But then mm. you've got artists and creatives. And as much as you'd love to make everything about money or like, I'm going to make the next number one billboard hit. There's always mm. this deep thing that's internal from which all of that art springs, right? So nobody ever got into a studio and made some magic happen by focusing on the money. So how do you feel about, um, you know, this, this tension between, you know, expressing yourself and being vulnerable and tapping into that deepest part of yourself and yeah. these external commercial forces that, you know, like if you were a banker, it'd be very easy. It's just, okay, my goal is to make more money. This is how we make more money. Yeah. You basically live on that side of the world. But when you're like, okay, yeah. I need to pay my bills by being vulnerable, by being creative, yeah. by expressing myself, there's automatically some kind of interesting tension there. So how, how yeah. have you been able to navigate that in your own life? By totally dividing them. So okay. to me, to me, the money and the, and, and that whole thing I, I that was never part of my creative creative process i never thought about it i never thought about like oh i need to be in the radio the only thing that i focused on always was my joy and my true like interest in what i was doing which was writing songs or producing songs you know what i mean and what happens is if you if you singly focus on that and you're not busy with um am i going to make money yeah. Because that's eventually the what that eventually means is that you put a lot of trust, you know, you put a lot of trust into the process that you're that you're that you're um, that you're doing, whether that's writing or producing or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. That means that you focus on that craft, and that means that also your whole being and all your energies are spear pointed towards that, which means yeah. that you get a much better result because you don't. Yeah. I'm I'm not like. I'm not in the headspace of, of worrying about like how am I going to make money? No. Yeah. That's not the question. You know what I mean? It will come. If you yeah. do the process, it will come. No, it, it might take you a second, it might take you yeah. a while, but right. it will 100% come. But in order to do that, you got to you know, see see the process and you got to you got to have that that trust and you got to not worry about materialistic gains you gotta you know mm. what i mean because if you put that first then you're clouding the process mm. and to me that's uh that's not never a way i worked so to, to me a lot of people say to me oh yeah but it's easy to talk for you because you have all this commercial success but it but i always say to people hey listen this is how i always was it's yeah. the other way around i got my commercial success because of this <laughs> not I the am. other way around you know what yeah. I mean? Does it make yeah. sense? It makes perfect sense. And I think, yeah, again, yeah. knowing you, knowing you that I, I can vouch that that is 100% true. Like to anybody yeah. who have any doubts, I know for sure that you have always approached it that way. And I also know that yeah. like that is 100% genuine what you're saying right now and true for yeah. your life and career. And I think, I think what, what works for one person might, might not work for another, but there's a, there's a, there is, I think, a, um, a piece of truth in that, you know what I mean, and um, sure. and and eventually, I don't, I don't, people have to figure this out for themselves. And uh, but to me, that's how it worked for me. Okay. Totally dividing the two, and money, success, byproduct of being in the studio, creating, making music, collaborating, feeling. It's a yeah. byproduct. It's not the other way around. Fascinating. Um, well, now we're going to get to the most important question, the uh, final main question of this interview. By far the most important question, so I hope you're ready for it. 
Um, <laughs> it's, it's very, very serious, okay? So I, a little bit of gravity. We need a little bit of gravity <laughs> for this. It's a very serious question. Um, so if you were going to be inducted into a boy band, NSYNC or the Backstreet Boys? For sure, the Backstreet Boys. All right, and why? Don't even have to think about that. <laughs> Well, I guess I guess for me it's uh, it's also because I think the Backstreet Boys were a lot more, uh, um, how do you say that, popular? Yeah, they were a lot more popular okay. in, in the country where I grew up. So I was like uh, indoctrinated with that shit at one point. Um, and um, dude, honestly, like I loved those records back then, but you know how it is. You have a hard time admitting that if you're a dude, uh, and. But when I listen to all that shit now, I'm just like, dude, those are such good songs, you know? Yep. And um, not that NSYNC had shit songs, but I just, uh, yeah, Backstreet's back, man. I fucking, uh, <laughs> right. I'm a Backstreet boy. There you go. Easy. <laughs> that's easy. <laughs> Okay, man. Well, uh, that that's the main part of the interview. Um, before we wrap up here, um, what tell everybody like what are you promoting right now? Where can people find you? What's what's the next thing on the horizon? You got a new song dropping. What what do you want to promote here? Um, what do I want to promote, man? I just want to promote. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I have a lot to promote. I think if people want to look me up, then uh, I think uh, Spotify would be the be the way to go. Uh, go kimono or go Instagram. Kimono, go no kimono. space. Yep. No space. No, just one like, word. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, we'll put a link up here as well. Yeah. Next to that, I would uh, I would promote good health, man, and self development and um, mm. and exploration. That's what I would promote. And um, oh, I do have a single coming out second of October, uh, but that's also go kimono. So you know. Okay. Uh, I'd say keep an eye out for that one. And um, that's it, man. We definitely will. Well, thank you so much for your time, man. This has been awesome. Some really good gems in there, I think. Dude, it was a pleasure talking to you. Yeah.